Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your ears are about to tickle. You are listening to a podcast with two friends sharing their opinions and their love about things they enjoy. This is the Disaster Party Podcast. Whoa, daddy. Let's get it. Oh, oh, daddy, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let them boys explain. It's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that's the Disaster Party Boys telling you, go do it now. One. Welcome to Disaster Party Podcast. As always, this is Rob Cedeno. Oh, oh, daddy, it's your boy, Andy Vivians. It's B-I-V-I-A-N-S, where I am the one true oh, daddy of professional wrestling, Vivians, I-N-C, and your American icon. Tonight, we are on episode 67. Yeah, I'm tapped. I'm tapped. He's tapped. I'm either shot today or I'm tapped. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, this is an unusual time to record. We are recording at 9.45 in the morning, and I have a coffee in my hand instead of uh, alcoholic beverage or water. Uh, Red Lion, Red Lion, BPX, BPX. You hear me? Tell you. We need to do something. Those things are too wild for me. It's crazy. I normally have like two a day. That's insane. I normally have like three coffees a day. I, I think that those probably are the equivalent of like six coffees in one, but at least, at least, or at least total. Yeah. And I don't put sugar in my coffees either. So fair. Yeah. <laughs> so before we uh, move on, I just want to uh, just plug some stuff coming up. If you have seen, we have a bunch of episodes. We are moving around some episodes because, uh, I think we we really want to uh, talk about one thing in uh, specifically. So let me just do the rundown. So two weeks ago, we did the Cold Blooded Creeps 101. Uh, that was a popular episode. I've been contacted by many people asking for more information. And I think when season two starts, we can do maybe a quick little recap episode of what's going on, maybe like a 20 minute just a recap. But we did a Creeps 101. It's an NFT project. So uh, yeah, I, before we jump into this, I'm going to just, I want to talk about something NFT wise. I'm really excited about um, last week. We talked about the book of Boba Fett, uh, the Disney plus show. We did a review on that today. We are uh, going to be talking about AEW revolution, which in my opinion was probably one of the best pay-per-views in the last while. It was really good. Um, next week we have, we're going to be talking with Brent, a, not the normal Brent. This is another Brent. We're going to be talking with Brent, uh, all thing investments. He actually asked me what we were going to talk about. I said, anything you want, stocks, crypto, uh, bonds. Uh, we could talk about dividends, all that stuff. Just general Roth IRAs, all that stuff. Just a general recap of just investing. And then me and Andy will give our opinions also. We did have uh, 320 as our peacemaker review, but I think we're going to push that for two weeks after that. And I think we are going to put the Batman that just came out in theaters this weekend, uh, the review for that on the 20th. So most likely we'll do a live for it and then it will come out on the 21st. I haven't seen it yet. Andy has seen it. Before we move past that. Okay. I'm just going to say 
we all know I'm a DC fan. We all know I'm a Marvel fan. We all know I'm really big in the Snyderverse, and I don't know what the hell DC is doing when it comes to movies. But I'm going to go on record saying that this is one of the best slash my favorite Batman movies DC has put out. And probably one of the best DC movies that DC has put out in probably the past couple of years. Going on record saying that. It's so good. So good. So I'm excited for that. And can't, can't wait. To, wait. Because there's a lot of things there that if you didn't pay attention, you're like, oh, that sets up for this. That sets up for this. That sets up for this. So I'm definitely excited about that. I can't wait. I'm still buzzing from it. Yeah, me too. I, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing from the reviews that I've read, and I cannot wait to feel the same buzz from seeing the movie. Oh, so good. I actually, I got out last night from seeing it, and we almost hit you up. I was like, yo, we're going live now. We're going live now. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it was even better than, yeah, no, I think it's even better than Aquaman. I didn't like Aquaman. Pretty good DC movie that came out. Like, within everything, I thought it was pretty good. So, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. Very excited for that episode. And this is coming from the person who put over the Snyderverse episode or the Snyderverse movie that came out, which was really good. But if they're scrapping all that, this is this is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, going. I am, like I said, very excited. To see it, I think I might be seeing it. Well, Thursday, uh, I'm going to the Devils game, so I can't see it Thursday. Friday, maybe I might be able to see it on Friday. I don't know yet. Um, and then Saturday, maybe during the day. I'm not sure. Okay. But okay. I, I, well, I have two weeks because next week we're doing with we're, we're with Brent, so I have two weeks to see it beforehand. So. I think I'll be okay. See it again before yeah. we review. Uh, so then, after that, the week after that, we are going to be doing a Know Thy Neighbor episode with Jason R. He was on the Dash in the Fast Lane episode. Uh, so that's that's cool mm-hmm. to get to know him on a deeper level. And then after that one, which that would be the twenty seventh, so that means that the April third would be our Peacemaker episode. Peacemaker. I still have to watch that. It is. It is going to be like a month after it finished, but I know a lot of people like you and myself haven't watched it actively. So I think uh, there'll still be plenty of people that even after review it still haven't watched it. So they'll get they'll have time to watch it if you haven't yet. Facts. Yeah, Facts. I'm excited. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Oh no, I've heard really good things about it. So one thing, though, I wanted to say before we jump into the episode of reviewing AEW, um, dude, I bought an NFT on Friday Uh for a couple hundred dollars. And you know how NFTs, when you buy them, they do like a reveal thing for a couple of days. Yeah. So it doesn't actually show you what you got. It's like a Pokemon card, like a pack. Like you you don't know what's in the pack and then you open it and you're like, oh, I got shit or oh, I got like really rare stuff. Yeah. So it was revealing. I bought on Friday and it was doing the reveal until Sunday. And then okay. I'm getting offers for like six, seven thousand dollars. And I'm like, why am I getting offers for such a high price? And it, it didn't even reveal yet. I found out that it apparently revealed for some people and didn't reveal for everybody. And I have one of the rarest pieces in the collection. And I got fucking mega lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> right now I was like, I'm not selling it for that because I see people because there's all, the collection was three thousand three hundred and thirty three. Right. 
And the piece that I got, there's only 30 of them. Okay. So it's less than 1% of the whole collection is this. It's the rarest one. And there are people who are listing them. So they're like putting them on OpenSea, which is like the eBay of, of NFTs. They're listing yeah. them for 10 Ethereum. Wow. That's $25,000. So why would I sell it for six? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I'll be able to pay uh, for a fucking house if it goes up to 25000 Oh, hell yeah. We're just that one piece alone. Yeah, but I'm not going to because this NFT is cool. And it does like free airdrops and drops free NFTs and stuff, which then I could just sell those. There you go. Because I got them for free. And still have one of the rarest ones that people want to get. Exactly. So it's not like they're going to stop wanting to buy that one. Yes. And that one has the most perks because there's like a line of 16 different characters. And yeah. each, each character will get special like drops to it. Some will be exclusive to other ones, but this is the mm -hmm. rarest one. So I pretty much get all the perks of all of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like by owning this one, I get all of the perks versus just like getting one perk for holding like a less rare one. So this will, all, this will always hold value. That's dope. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I was flying a little high on Sunday where I was like, what? Let's go. I was like, I never get this lucky with this shit. <laughs> so. All right. So let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, uh, let's jump into, into it. it. So Andy, I don't think you saw the pre-show. I did not. Okay. But you got there for the first match. Yeah, I got yeah, I got there as it was starting. Okay. So I'll run through the pre-show matches real quick. Um we had three pre-show, three pre-show matches. The first one was legit Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. Okay, how do I explain this? So normally Laisha um Layla Hirsch is uh was billed from Russia and they didn't do that. They didn't say that. So but she all? still came out in like the Russian colors because that's what her, you know, outfit is. But this was a match that it was kind of like a, a grudge match between the two because they used to be friends. And then people were like, oh, Chris Statlander is the good guy. Layla's the bad guy, whatever. But then I guess in one of the promos, Chris Statlander was like, you were adopted because your family didn't love you or something like that. And people were like, whoa, good guys don't say that shit. <laughs> and um. Layla Hirsch ended up winning by she used like this uh, pole and like cracked uh, Chris Statlander and won in nine fifty nine minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. It was a good match. It was a good match. I mean, for 10 minutes, like it's pretty good. Um, even Taylor was watching this one. She was like, she looks like she's 12, but <laughs> she's got, she's got thick legs. And I was like, yeah. She does. <laughs> um, then the next Legit. match. Yeah, legit. Yeah. The next match was Hook versus QT Marshall. This has just kind of been, I don't know. I don't really watch Rampage too much, but this has kind of just been a Rampage feud. Uh, uh, Hook went through the rest of the whatever Nightmare, not Nightmare Factory. What are they called? Uh, the Factory. The Factory, yeah. And so this match apparently was Hook's longest match at five minutes. Uh, this match was also the most that Hook has ever sold in any of his matches. Normally, his matches are pretty quick. And he ended up defeating QT Marshall by submission, like I said, in five minutes. Good match. Again, Hook, you could tell he's still pretty green, but his suplexes were smooth. And, you know, he looked good for, I mean, I think he's only like 18, 19. So. Word. That kid's, uh, that kid's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he will be good, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the last match of the pre-show was House of Black. So that's Mal Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews just appeared about two weeks ago. And they faced the Death Triangle of Pac and Penta, which is his new uh, gimmick is Penta Oscuro, with Alex Abrahentes and then Eric Redbeard. I'm still mad that that was on the pre-show. This match, this match went 17 minutes and 20 seconds. This was a fast-paced match. I think Eric Redbeard, even though he's not signed, 
he definitely put it in, in some work. Like he put in some work. He was like, the way I took it, he was like, I'm not signed, but I'm going to go all out. So he looked really good in this match. This match, again, all these people in this match were, are just extremely talented. And it was a lot of back and forth between Eric and Brody King, a lot of cool, like combos, like three-way combos with the, with the, um, you know, with the partners. So at the end, Malachi Black ended up spitting the mist into Eric Redbeer's face. Brody King did his finisher. Brody, our buddy, uh, did his like curb stomp when he holds the two arms and just curb stomps your face. And then Malachi Black pinned Eric Redbeer, which we were with Jason, who's going to be doing the Know Thy Neighbor episode. And he even said before the match, he goes, I bet you it's either going to be Eric Redbeard if they lose or Buddy Matthews, if they lose, those those are going to be the people who take the pin. And it was Eric Redbeard, but he's the only one that's not signed, so that actually made a lot of sense. Okay. okay. Good match, though. Really good match. For a, for a pre-show match? Still mad I missed that. <laughs> I mean, it's, the pre-show stuff is on YouTube. I thought that would have been on the main card. Granted, the main card had a lot of, lot of good matches, too, though. <laughs> yeah, the main card had a lot. Um, all right, so let's jump into the main card. First match I was surprised about was Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. This match went 1340. This match was aggressive. Um, yeah, it was really aggressive. It was going back and forth. Uh, I would say that this was probably one of Chris Jericho's best matches in a long time. He was aggressive, he was fast, he was, you know, real like you could see he was out to like with a purpose. And they like they were just beating the shit out of each other. And the whole storyline of this was Chris Jericho was basically saying that Eddie Kingston's a jobber and he'll never win. He never wins the big one because every other uh, pay-per-view he match he's had, he's lost. Because yeah. what wasn't it? Uh, it was Moxley, Punk. Uh, he lost the Cody match. Uh, yeah. There's there was another match. Uh, there's a couple other matches, but he's lost all the, all the big ones. No, this was a great match. Especially, like, the back-and-forth exchanges between the two. And it didn't feel like a normal AEW match, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it, it felt more like a, like a New Japan match. Like, just like a beating the shit out of each yeah. other match. Yeah. yeah. It, there was not much technical wrestling in it. Um, Jericho jumped off the turnbuckle once, I believe. So it was a lot of just, like it wasn't even ground-based either. It was just a lot of like slaps. They were slapping the shit at each other, like chopping the shit at each other for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Jericho's chest was super, uh, almost purple by the end of the match. Oh yeah. So Eddie Kingston ended up defeating Chris Jericho by submission. And the whole thing that Chris Jericho said, if he beat, if Eddie Kingston beat him, he would shake his hand in the middle of the ring. Clearly he didn't. So, uh, so Chris Jericho <laughs> leaves and I think that sets this up for maybe a round two because the way that it, it was left off. Thanks. The next match was jungle express. So jungle boy and Luchasaurus versus Redragon or red dragon or no Redragon, uh, Bobby fish and Kyle O'Reilly and the young bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. This was a three way for the AEW tag team championship. This match went 18 minutes and 55 seconds. All I could say about this match, I will try, is this match was fucking fast-paced. There was just all this stuff going on left and right. It was hard to keep track of. The, the combinations between the, the, the teams, uh, the, you know, the, the break of the pin breaks, like it, this was just a wild match. This was just a wild match. I don't even know. I feel like there's a lot going on that you couldn't keep your your attention in just one spot, if that makes any sense. Exactly. And this 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 that what you just said applies to quite a few matches tonight yeah. in this in this pay-per-view. Quite yeah. a few. Yeah. Um, but the ending sequence of this was um I forgot what it's called. Maybe it's called the Jungle Express, but they it was like 
uh, Luchasaurus threw Matt Jackson off and then Jungle Boy kind of caught him and did like a powerbomb thing. And uh, the Luchasaurus, Jurassic Park, Jungle Boy ends up pinning Matt Jackson with uh, Nick about, almost broke up the pin, but he did. But throughout this match, there was a lot of tension between Reed Dragon and the Young Bucks. It was like, they were like, oh, let's work together. And then at moments they would not. And it, it definitely, you could tell that that's going to be a feud going forward for them. Yeah. And this keeps uh, the Jurassic Express strong because they did beat two. Technically, they beat both of the, some of the top teams in the, the division. Also, the difference between Jungle Boy and I believe Lucha, uh, no, the Lucha Bros had the titles before that. I feel like Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express, they're defending almost every single week if not every other week. They defend so much. Yeah, which is good, which is what the like, the tag division needs, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say on that one? Uh, I would like to see the match between Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. That's just going to be awesome. All right. So here's the next one. The next match went 17 minutes and 20 seconds, and it was the face of the revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT championship match. The contestants were Wardlow, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and Christian Cage. This match, again, all over the place. Some highlights were... uh, the I believe it was Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs were carrying a ladder and Orange Cassidy just so happened to be on it. And they were almost lifting him to the to the uh, ring. And that was that was funny because then they ended up just dropping him. There was a part when all of a sudden everyone went It was like Wardlow was the only one in the ring and everyone just went to the ramp to fight. I didn't really understand that um, when he could have just went up and grabbed it. Um, there was a point that Ricky Starks was climbing up the ladder and um, Dan Housen came out and uh, put a curse on Ricky Starks. <laughs> and at the top, like the way that it finished, it was Ricky Starks and Wardlow at the top of the ladder and Wardlow like power bombed Ricky in a, a horizontal um, ladder off the top. And that looked like it hurt. And then Wardlow went up and grabbed the the ring. Yeah, that looked nasty, especially with, with his neck. It's like that looked bad. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just again, this is one of those matches. It was like all over the place. There was a lot going on, but there were some things that stand out, and that those are the things that we spoke about. Christian Cage, I, I'm assuming that Christian Christian Cage wasn't a huge part of the match, of what I remember. But I'm assuming that they had him in the match because he's like a ring general and he's been in so many ladder matches in his career. But I would say that this match was like really good in a in a six way uh, ladder match. Yeah, it's funny when he was coming out. All I'm thinking is him having flashbacks of like the Terry Invitational matches and um, the first uh, TLC matches, but. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was well done. Um, the Orange Cassidy <laughs> in the ring with Hobbs and <laughs> uh, Keith Lee and uh, Wardlow was funny. And uh, him trying to climb their back to get to the uh, to get to the uh, the ring. Where they're like all in like a huddle, they all go to get him, and then he like jumps on like their shoulders, and he's like trying to grab it instead of using the ladder. I thought that was creative. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of cool. Like I said, this match I would say go back and watch. Like this whole, honestly, this whole pay per view, there was not really a miss. Yeah, there were yeah, some but- matches that maybe didn't live up to what the ex- expectations are, but we'll get into that. But I think there's an explanation for it. If I'm if. If you're talking about what I'm thinking about, I think even though people felt that way, it was still a pretty damn good match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think there's an explanation for it. So when we get there, 
All right. Um, the next match was Jade Cargill, who is the TBS women's champion, and uh, versus Ty Conti. This match went six minutes and 50 seconds, and Jade Cargill won. This match, again, Jade Cargill, whether she's the champion or not and has 29 wins or 28 wins, she's still green. You could tell. And she can't really have lengthy matches. And Ty Conti from her NXT days has improved a lot. But she's probably, she's not up to like ring generals. Like she can't, she's not leading a match, you know? She's not there yet. She's getting there, but she's not there yet. I, I would say she's like maybe fifth tier of the women's division in AEW, Ty Conti. But she's moving up. Like you got Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes Martinez, Ruby Riot, or Ruby Soho. Like those people are definitely more. They can lead a match versus you know. Well, they've also been in it a lot longer. Exactly, before. exactly, yeah. exactly. So Ty Conti's definitely getting there. Jay's got some work still. Um, to me, like there was nothing that really stood out in this. In this, I just know in the beginning of the match. Right in the beginning, Jade grabbed Conti's face and just kissed her in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I didn't um, understand. I didn't either. Jade was dressed as uh, Jade from Mortal Kombat. That was cool. Yeah. And then Ty Conti came out with war paint on her face, which kind of looked like she got spit in the face by Malachi Black. <laughs> but yeah, about the match, I mean, I don't have much to say about this match. It was it was good for what it was. It wasn't the great, the best... Uh, it wasn't the best match on the card, and I don't think anyone expected it to be. But it was good for what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You could see that Jade improved, and you could see that Ty Conti's improving. So, again, this is just establishing, uh, you know, two future big, big women stars. Uh-oh, Andy, did we lose your video? Yeah. Hold on. Word. All right, so this next match was the longest match on the card. I thought had the best storyline going into the pay-per-view. And this match was CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. Match was wild. This match was wild. I don't know if you want to recap it because this match was wild. The storytelling in this was awesome. The ending was, in my opinion, was a little expected. But it was still cool to see. So, first off, starting off, he comes out with his old ROH music, which was awesome. Yes. Old ROH, which is awesome. And, like, I even said it there, um, what we were all watching is, like, that feeling to him must have been so awesome. Let's think about it. When he was in ROH, he was trying to come up. He was trying to, you know... Uh, become a megastar. Now he's a megastar and he's using what got him there. You know what I mean? Like that's who he was before he went to WWE. And now he's going back to that and doing that in front of like an even bigger stage or a bigger platform than ROH had. Must have been like an, uh, an amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see that. It was cool to see him come out like that. And um, there was was a lot of good references where it was showing like his old ROH promo to the one he cut recently. And you could tell like he was going back into that mindset. It was more grittier mindset. Um, They just beat the shit out of each other with the chain. Whipped each other with the chain, punched each other with the chain. Punk was a bloody mess. I I don't know if MJF, he started bleeding toward the end. I think he was bleeding. I couldn't tell if it was Punk's blood on him or his. Um, well, uh, Punk had his <laughs> crimson mask for sure. Yeah. But he also got his ass beat and was bleeding on dynamite the week before. And you could yeah. see he still had like a, like a scab on his forehead. And I uh, think that MJF was just targeting that spot just to break it back open. Reopened it. Yeah. But, but man, between... Like you said, they were punching shit with the chain. They, you could see that they were getting tangled up on the chain, uh, around the ropes. So you could see because that's got to be hard to do. But yeah, 
With later the- on, when MJF brought up the thumbtacks, and they were they they put it in the middle of the ring, and they teased it for at least five minutes, like, oh, who's gonna get Dawson? Oh, who's gonna get Dawson? Oh. <laughs> and it, yeah, and eventually, CM Punk took it, but he because they did a power uh, uh what a suplex off the top. Yeah, and Punk took the the brunt of it, but he got more of his legs. But then you could see Punk ended up falling into it later. Uh, um, MJF ends up taking some thumbtacks. So these guys were not only getting their ass beat with the chain and the story that. Uh, so there was a point in the beginning of the, like early in the match that uh, MJF had the advantage, and he grabbed the microphone. He was like, "Give me the fucking microphone." And oh, he, yeah. he was caught on it. And then he's basically seeing punks on the floor and he's just beating them up. And he goes, tell all these people that you quit just like you quit on me. And then uh, CM Punk goes, eat shit, Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after all the thumbtacks, you could see it was getting closer to the end and they were, go- they were getting all beat and they were targeting. You could see that they were targeting body uh, parts and they were having, you know, because of the storytelling, they were having struggles hitting their moves. And I believe CM Punk does hit the GTS. No, it was at uh, Punk was down. MJF had the advantage, right? Then he calls for Wardlow. He's like, Wardlow, Wardlow. So Wardlow comes down to the ring and he's like, give me the ring. He's like, you know, whatever ring is called. And Wardlow goes into one pocket. He's like, I don't know where it is. He goes in the other pocket, goes, I don't know where it is. And then CM Punk comes from behind. I believe he hits the, the the GTS. Max is now on the thumbtacks, and he's like, ah. And then all of a sudden, Wardlow pulls the ring out of a different pocket, and he puts it down on the mat, and he's like, oops. And then uh, he just leaves Wrong it pocket. and then walks away. <laughs> um, I did tell you that Wardlow won that, ring, that the ladder match, right? I'm pretty sure I said that. Thanks, so. Yeah. Um, so he leaves the ring. He leaves the ring in the ring on the mat, walks away. CM Punk's picks up CM Punk picks up the ring, goes to pick up MJF. MJF spits in CM Punk's face. I believe he picks him up and just punches him in the face with the Smokes ring. Him. One, two, three. And CM Punk match. wins the dog collar match. This was a brutal fucking match. So much blood. The storytelling again between, you know, you got to think there's there was two storylines that were going on in this in this one. You had the whole storyline between MJF and CM Punk, especially in the middle of the ring or in the middle of the match when he pulls up the microphone. He's like, quit, like tell everyone you quit like you quit on me because that was the whole story. Yeah. Then on top. So that whole storyline was great. Then there was like a secondary storyline going on with MJF and Wardlow. And that was basically right there. Wardlow being like F you Max. So yeah. there's two great storylines because the MJ the MJF and the Wardlow storyline have been going for months now, just like subtly in the back. So you can see that this is kind of like the end, like the the, the real start of that storyline and almost the end of the CM Punk storyline. So the storyline, the storytelling in this match overall was really good. And this was my favorite match on the card. I can see why. I can agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, the transition from one into the other was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, the way they built this, too, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like the story behind it, and both of them on the mic is money. So <laughs> agreed. All right. This match is the match I'm telling. I was saying it was good. I thought it could be better, but it did have to follow that match. And that was, I'm assuming like, even for me watching it in like on a TV versus the people that were watching it live, I'm sure they needed a little break after that because of how like graphic and and crazy that match was. So this next match was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Thunder Rosa. I thought it was still great. I agree. It was still good, if not great. But it, I think it, it, it kind of had that effect of like it was there, but not as many people maybe gave it the attention that it needed. 
Yeah, well, that definitely deserved a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. I still thought, like, the match overall itself was phenomenal. But I, I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. This match went 17 minutes and 25 seconds. Again, after just going through the 26-45 of the dog collar match, then you got 17-25 of this. And the whole storyline of this was Britt Baker clearly always has her, you know, her lackeys. You got Rebel and Jamie Hayter. And the whole match was essentially a three-verse-one match. And at one point, uh, Thunder Rosa speared Rebel through the ropes. Oh, Rebel, looked like she, she took a bump. That was scary. But it inevitably ends with, um, you know, Thunder Rosa is trying to defend herself against Rebel and Jamie Hayter. She actually gets the upper hand on them. She comes back in the ring, gets curb stomped, and then that's how it ends. And so Britt Baker ended up pinning Thunder Rosa. Not clean. I wouldn't say clean because obviously there was a, her little lackeys that were distracting the entire match. And Britt Baker retains. So this is a theory that I heard. Next week on Dynamite, you have Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. And the winner of that match gets a championship match at the St. Paddy's Day episode. Okay. Right? Here's the theory. This, they're thinking, or we're thinking, that Thunder Rosa is going mm. to win against Layla Hirsch. Thunder Rosa gets her rematch on the St. Paddy's Day episode of Dynamite. The St. Paddy's Day episode of Dynamite is in Thunder Rosa's hometown. And it's a year from their unsanctioned lights out match. Uh, so there's thought that Thunder Rosa might win it on the anniversary of their lights out match in her hometown. And there is going to be something that uh, in the next two weeks that gets Rebel and Jamie Hayter banned from ringside. That'd be a cool story to tell. Yeah. That lights out match is fucking brutal too. Yeah. And <laughs> technically, well, yeah, technically Britt Baker won that? I don't remember. But either way, they both said, oh no, I think Britt Baker lost that match. I think Thunder Rosa won that match. Yeah, but uh, Britt Baker's just like, yeah, you haven't beat me because that didn't count. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, so at this point, we have three more matches. And <laughs> we, I know, because we were at my house just hanging out, we were like, wait, how many, match how many matches are left? Because <laughs> you got to think the pre-show started at 7, and the match, the first match started right at 7, like 7.02. So now we're close to like the 11 or almost 11 o'clock mark right now. So the next match is John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. And this match is just basically a grudge match of who's a better wrestler. And um, Moxley was like, I can't team with anyone unless I believe with them. So this match made me excited for a couple of reasons. Okay. Their, their style has definitely changed since going into AEW. Mm-hmm. And we all know that both of them are very aggressive. So seeing them against each other in that capacity, you're already expecting a very aggressive match. And they did not disappoint. No, they not at all. They out of each other. <laughs> like the dog shit out of each other. So... The, the crazy thing is, if you, if you look at it, apparently John Moxley won the Brawler of the Year for like PW Insider or something. And Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson won the uh, 
grappler. Okay. Like, or Matt, Matt base wrestler or something of the year. So they both have complete, like brawler and Matt Bates wrestler are completely different. Mm-hmm. And you could see throughout this match, they were doing a little bit of both. They were just beating the shit out of each other, brother style. Then they were doing, you know, Brian was putting them in submissions and stuff like that. And this whole match was just who can overcome who. And everything was like a reversal or a comeback or, and there was, I wouldn't say there was anything like spectacular in this match that you were like, whoa, like someone doing a, you know, a hundred spin thing off the top rope. Like it was nothing like that. It was just them beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. And it was just like, who can, you know, one up the other guy. And that was the whole match. And it was really good because of it. And you could see that they were just going back and forth, back and forth. And it was the whole, it was, like I said, the whole match was just who was going to slip up first. And Brian had, uh, yeah, Brian had Moxley in a in a submission. Moxley reversed it and ended up pinning Brian one, two, three in the middle of the ring on a reversal. And you could see Brian jumps up. He's like, no, that was my shoulder was up. My shoulder was up. And then they started brawling again. Like just the two of them, they started brawling again um, after the match. And then all of a sudden, William Regal comes down from the ramp, comes to comes into the ring. Uh, pulls them apart, holds them apart. He looks at Moxley and just slaps the shit out of him. And then he goes to Daniel Bryan because Bryan's like, he's looking, he's like, ha ha ha, like, oh, you got slapped by Regal. He goes to to Bryan Danderson and slaps the shit out of him too, right in the face. And then he, and then he, uh, William Regal's like, shake hands. And they shook hands. Regal and Bryan left the ring. And Amber, um, wow, Ambrose, uh, Moxley's just sitting there like, what just happened? This match went 21 minutes and five seconds. What? I, I mean, they were talking about teaming them up. Uh, if is what are they going to be a tag team, and then that, William Regal is going to be their manager? That would be awesome. What if like they get, it's them two, and they become like another uh, faction or something, and it's Daniel Bryan and or Brian Danielson and Moxley recruiting younger guys, like how Brian Danielson was talking about, Lee Marinardi, uh, uh, Daniel Garcia, stuff like that. And now Regal is like the head, like talker, manager-esque. That would be cool. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Especially if they're talking about like the trios title coming into play, then... That'd be cool. I'd like just to see them as a tag team, just in general. Because I yeah. think that would be. Awesome. Now that you said that out loud, I completely forgot, and we have two matches left. But I completely forgot in the pre-show. At one point in the pre-show, between one of the matches, Kenny Omega's music started playing, and people were like, "What?" You could see the crowd go, "What?" And it was Don Don Callis, basically just hyping the pay-per-view saying that, uh, you know, the Bucks were going to win, which we've already went over. They didn't. They, he's, he was claiming that um, Adam Cole was going to be uh, Hangman Page and that he would be a good, um, what does he say, a transitional champion until Kenny Omega comes back. <laughs> so the rumor is, is that when Kenny Omega comes back, they are going to be revealing that they uh, are trios titles. And I could see that because we were talking about it is if Kenny Omega and the Bucks, that's one team, you got Adam Cole and Reed Dragon, you have uh, Jungle Express with Christian, you know, you have the House of Black, you have uh, the Death Triangle. Like there's at least six or seven groups. Uh, you could do it with the Dark Order. They could be a trio. Uh, HFO or the Hardy Family Office, whatever they are now, they could be one. So like there's uh, – you can even do um, Darby – sting and punk because they were a part they were a trio for a little bit too so like there's so many different uh different connections you can even do the uh taz group taz's group hook starks and hobbs oh yeah yeah so there's so many different uh trios so yeah that match was really good i would say that's probably my second favorite match on the card moxley and brian and i can't wait to see how that continues that that was one of my favorites all right this match was a lot um 
Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting versus Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. This was Andrade's first pay-per-view. I believe so. I believe so. Andrade looks fantastic. He does. Looks strong. And beat the shit out of everybody. For a while, yeah, he was. Like, they all came for him. And then he was just like, fuck this. I'm throwing you here. You eat this. You take, like, he was just manhandling everyone. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. This match started fast. Like, before the bell even rung, they had people, everyone was attacking each other outside the ring. Um, Some of the highlights, I would say, uh, at one point, Isaiah Cassidy, or both members of the private party, were up the ramp at the entry and at the entryway, there was two tables set up. Isaiah Cassidy was like up on one of the banister, I guess like one of the, um, the lightings fixtures mm-hmm. he climbed up and so did Sammy Guevara went up there and then he did a one man Spanish fly into the table with Isaiah Cassidy. And that basically wiped wow. them from wiped them from the, uh, the, the match. Then you had um, later in the match sting, or Matt Hardy was leading. St- oh, at one point, the the Butcher and the Blade came out. They set up these tables uh, in an entryway in the crowd, two tables across, two tables the other way. So four tables total. And Matt Hardy led Sting all the way to the top of this point. He, Sting got away from it. Then it was Darby versus uh, Andrade. They were fighting. Darby fell down off the table. Andrade kind of fell back onto the table. And then Sting from the balcony of where the the fans were jumped off the balcony this is like something you saw jeff hardy do in like the attitude era he jumped sting 63 year old sting jumped off the balcony onto andrade through four tables the man they call sting yeah um and then and then it ended up oh go ahead it definitely had um I can't remember the exact match, but it was the Hardys versus the Dudleys. And I think they did something similar. And Jeff did a swanton off the, uh, off like one of the aisleways. And I think he did it on the D. I want to say it was on the Devon. And it was the table stacked the exact same way. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, at 63, I don't think I could do any of that, those things. (laughs) That just shows you Sting's not human. Yeah, but then the whole crowd was like, you still got it, you still got it, like cheering them. <laughs> um, then the end sequence, again, there was so much in this match. Those are just the two highlights that stood out to me. If you have any any of any other highlights, uh, definitely fill it in. I'll just finish the match, and then you fill in anything else that you want to add. Um, the ending ended up having Matt Hardy and Darby in the ring. Uh, Darby got Hardy down. He went to go do you know the coffin drop. And I don't know why, but Matt Hardy kind of like turned over. So, because again, Darby's going backwards. So you can't see like what's happening. Hardy kind of turned over. He did the coffin drop and almost just headbutted him instead of his whole body weight. He just headbutted him in the, in the um, rib cage. And then one, two, three. This match went 13 minutes and 20 seconds. So something happened and i don't remember i remember what i said i'm trying let me try uh you had uh both members of private party were doing uh they were throwing sammy on the guardrail outside so and then you had the butcher and the blade came in set up the tables but i don't think they really interacted with any of the wrestlers i could be wrong i can't remember and so it ended up being like a three on six realistically Oh, Darby was they they started attacking uh Andrade's manager. Oh, yep, yep. I remember saying Darby doesn't give a fuck about his body. He was just throwing his body weight everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then something happened and Andrade did something to Darby. I can't think of it. And I was like, and Andrade doesn't give a fuck about Darby's <laughs> body. <laughs> but I forget what happened. And they put the, the garbage can over. His manager in the chair. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so his manager was sitting on a chair at like right at the bottom of the ramp. 
they put a garbage like a, a yeah a garbage can on top of his head and then darby just ran through the ropes and basically like tackled him through from the rope from the ring through the ropes down to the ramp and just destroyed him <laughs> another thing i forgot to mention is that on darby's entry like his, there was a little video and it was like a couple of weird people um almost like a a, a funeral and it had andrade <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy's pictures and there was like some trailers on the left side and all of a sudden this big like jeep comes in off whatever ramp off screen crashes into the trailers like it looked aggressive Darby gets out and then these people who are at this funeral are like what what's happening then you see Sting walk up and he's just like run or something like that and then all of a sudden Sting has a flamethrower and it's just like torching this table with these pictures on it and then uh then darby's music hit and then they come out it was it was all in black and white too it was it was interesting darby allen coffin dropped the priest which had me he crying. did yep yep he did <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it i i honestly was like why is this match on the card before the match I was like, this just doesn't look like it It works. I mean, the actual storyline for this match, there wasn't really any. It, like, it was there, but it wasn't great. But the execution of this match was pretty awesome. Match was awesome. Yeah. I'm just glad Sting didn't die. <laughs> yeah, because at the scary. end, at the scary. end, Sting, Darby, and Sammy were all in the ring like holding each other up and you could see sting was like rocked you could see he was like i was scared yeah all right so we are on to the main event we have hangman adam page versus adam cole baby singles match for the aew world championship so this match was good. It was. I think that the struggle of this match, similar to the Britt Baker match, this was at the end of the night. This started at like 1130. And this match went 25 minutes and 45 seconds. So it was a longer match. Again, I'm not going to... This match was great overall, but I think being positioned at the end, especially with how hot the rest of the show was... It, I, I know that I was getting tired. And I think all of us were like, what? There's one more match. <laughs> well, you know, like throughout the entire pay-per-view, you saw, you saw it all. You saw high flying. You saw hardcore. You saw blood. You saw, you know, dog collar chains. You saw submissions. Like you saw everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. Then you got to the main event. And you're like, wow, what the fuck can the main event do? And yet they still pulled it off. And it still was a great match. It still was different. Like, uh, it was what it needed to be. And the back and forth of it, the storytelling of it, still had you on your seat of where it could have went both ways. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I know the fans were cheering Adam. Like, let's go Adam, because both their names were Adam. And they were going, let's go Adam, and, like, stuff like that. <laughs> then there was dueling chanting, like, Adam Page or, or cowboy shit, Adam Cole. Um, overall, again, there's, like, I was really tired at this point. Um, the redragon came out at one point, kind of interfered. Um, Adam Cole hit the boom. And it was, you know, you thought it was over, but then, you know, uh, Excalibur was like, oh, he didn't take off his knee pad like he normally does. So that, that probably didn't get the full uh, boom. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam Page hit his uh, bugshot lariat and he like, man, he destroyed Adam Cole, flipped him and everything. And you thought that was over. It wasn't. He ended up having to do another one. Um, and then Adam Page won in 25 minutes, 45 seconds. Again, this match was, it was really good. It was there. The highlights. I mean, I, it was just so many, it was, there was all, okay. One thing I didn't like about this match, I'll tell you, there was Adam Cole did like 150 super kicks. And then at one point, Adam Page took his belt off and tied Adam Cole's arm to the rope and then just started super kicking him too. I was like, damn, there's so many super kicks. <laughs> but well, that, 
sense though because he was paying him back for the 50 he hit him with beforehand. Yeah. So it's like a lot of super kicks over and over again. Um, but it, again, it was a good match. That's the only complaint I would say. There's just like a lot of super kicks. But you, we all know that um, Adam Page has definitely shown he can keep up with anybody, especially with Daniel Bryan and, and Kenny Omega. So for match quality, this match was solid all the way through. We all know that Adam Cole, Bay Bay is, you know, you've seen his stuff in NXT, ROH, New Japan, and even his matches in AEW. So you know he can, he can take his own. I need to rewatch this match to be honest, because again, a lot of it was I was tired, but I know this match was good. There was, like I said, the belt tying Adam Cole's wrist to it. Um, Redragon came out, tried to disrupt the match. Uh, there was a lot of near falls, a lot of believable near, fall, near falls. Um, yeah. But overall, yeah, this was, I really enjoyed this match for what I remember of it for being so tired. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, the match itself with the commentary team. And them putting the whole story together, the match is really good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was the pay-per-view. Um, so, we had William Regal is now all elite. Uh, yeah. No titles changed. None. TBS. TBS You're title right. didn't change. Tag team titles didn't change. Women's title didn't change. Eight, uh, heavyweight championship didn't change. Or the world championship didn't change. You're right. Yep. So normally, at least the pay-per-view, there's like one change, but there was no change. The This mat, this uh, pay-per-view from start to finish, even the pre-show matches were solid all the way through. Again, some of the matches, I think the placements maybe could have changed. Like, to get a little bit more energy for the crowd. Cause I know I've been to a WrestleMania that was like eight hours and that was the Becky Lynch, Ronda Charlotte match. And I know at that match, I was just like, I'm so tired. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm paying attention, but I'm like, woo. Like I wasn't like, it's crazy because like the matches are so good. So good. Yeah. But it's a long length of time. Yeah. I felt like this was almost there. Even though it's not, but this was almost their WrestleMania type show. I think Double or Nothing acts as their WrestleMania or All Out. No, that's what I'm saying though. Like that Double or Nothing or or no, uh, what is it? All In or All Out? All In, yeah. Yeah, I think that's their WrestleMania show. But like this had like a WrestleMania feel. Yeah. Too, oh, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. with the matches and the stories and everything, and the lengths. Because um, I think even the other pay per views, like the matches weren't as long as these were yeah this definitely every single match except for on the main card every match was over 10 minutes except for the tbs match so yeah and most matches were 15 or more except for um eddie kingston was and uh jericho was 1340 and then the the Sammy Guevara, the six-man tornado match with Sting was thirteen twenty. Every other match was fifteen or more. So out of the whole card, which was, uh, if you don't count the pre-show, so it's three. That's nine matches. Every one of them except for three. So six out of three, or six six out of nine were fifteen or more, which is those. That's a solid card. Decent time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was at least. There was three of those matches were 20 minutes or more. And one of them was just under 20 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. But overall, I think this pay-per-view, like they're, they're going to have to do a lot to compete with this one for sure. Cause this, as of right now, probably best pay-per-view of 2022 right now. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I mean, it's only March, but that's also true. <laughs> yeah. But what did you guys think? Uh, that's our opinions on that. If you guys have any feedback or opinions on this, feel free to put a comment in the revolution post that we put on social media. So right there, as always, remember to like, follow, subscribe, comment, share, all that stuff to Disaster Party Podcast on all social media platforms, including YouTube, which is where we are right now. See our faces. 
see our faces and you know we'll we'll put up our schedule and what's coming up next and you can put your feedback in the comments or anything like that feel free to again remember or help us uh so so give us five star ratings on any and all podcast apps subscribe to us on youtube help us get those numbers up and yeah share with your friends if you like our podcast share with your friends and uh cool so for disaster party podcast i'm rob sedinio oh well, daddy i'm andy bivians we will see you next week with brent a on our investment podcast so until then we are out bye bye Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your ears are about to tickle. You are listening to a podcast with two friends sharing their opinions and their love about things they enjoy. This is the Disaster Party Podcast. Whoa, daddy. Let's get it. Oh, oh, daddy, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let them boys explain. It's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that's the Disaster Party Boys telling you, go do it now.